Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. Today, we are able to speak with one man who works as a strip club DJ. Uh, Strip club DJs don't exist in all strip clubs. Some dancers rely on playlists from their phones or laptops or even jukeboxes. But strip club DJs are often an integral part of the flow of the floor, and they often manage and organize the lineup of dancers. The person behind the curtain controls some aspects of the environment and is also privy to many of the experiences in that environment. Having a good DJ can truly make or break your shift. Today, we are sitting down with DJ Fogues, that's F-O-G-U-E-S, and you can contact him, Fogues at gmail.com. Hi. Hello. Nice to sit with you today. Uh, Are you working tonight? Yes, I'm working at Stripper Oki at Devil's Point tonight. Mm-hmm, the world famous. What happens at Stripper Oki? Uh, well, the customer sings a song and the dancer dances to what the customer is singing. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. It's world, world famous. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I can never go because I'm also working a much quieter uh, shift at a sister club. But we know each other. You and I work with many of the same people. That's correct. Yeah. So how long have you been working in clubs? Um, probably, f- I think five years now, as far as working in, uh, strip clubs specifically, um, I did performing arts. I've been doing performing arts stuff for the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we have a lot of people who listen to the show or follow me or John on social media. Um, John's dabbled in some full service sex work stuff. Uh, you've never worked as a dancer. You've done some webcam, but no, but John has spent some time in Lucky Devil. So, and he hears from me. So he has a pretty good idea, I think, of what goes on. Um, But we have so many listeners who are so curious to hear from someone who gets to or has to, depending on how it is, uh, spend so much time with strippers. With beautiful women all the time people uh, <laughs> the number one thing is oh how, how do you do this how do you stand how do you stand here all day and i'm like well these are my homies these like <laughs> I, I was there's a time for me to come in and be a customer and there's a time for my coworkers and my homies and like i'm, I'm like i got yeah. a job to do mm-hmm. yeah and you're not a i don't know coercive creep so appreciate that yeah um so <laughs> so what are what are some of the what would you consider challenges then to the work because yes it is nice being around beautiful women beautiful people i admit but i know what i get out of it i talk about it what do you enjoy about being working in the club um i really take pride in the fact that i put the dancers first and that's um that's like that's really what is the most rewarding part about it. There's, there's rewarding things as far as like when you, I always want customers to leave happy. Uh, but, uh, when it comes down to it, yeah, it's just knowing that I'm doing what I can to pick the best music for a dancer or, or help out. If, you know, I tell dancers that are just getting started. Cause I also bartend. Um, mm, I didn't know uh, that. It's yeah, just just recent, okay. um, but I tell dancers I'm like, use your bar, uh, use your bartender, use your bouncer, use your DJ. We're here to be the bad guy, so that way you don't have to tarnish your 
image with the customer you can tell us and we'll deal with it and then the customer has no idea that even if you were involved in it holy know? shit so i've never heard someone say that before i knew i had you on here for good reason <laughs> so the reason i invited specifically invited dj folks on um was you said something once because we don't usually work together you were covering a shift um and you you made a comment about having not played r kelly in a while because he's a rapist and i was like oh wow that's fucking cool. I didn't know that people were making proactive decisions like that. Um, we're going to talk about R. Kelly stuff later. But diving in, it seems that you have like an actual care for the people around you. And in so many environments, that's not the case because the strippers have to be the bad guy. Like there are bouncers who will say to strippers like, I don't really feel like upsetting that guy or why don't you just go tell him blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm in my underwear. It is not my job. To yeah. be like a threatening force here. Anyway, so thank you. That's fucking nice to hear. To utilize utilize your staff to help you. Absolutely. That's what we're there for. Yeah. Yeah. So what's some of the hard stuff? Uh, well, the hard stuff is there's dealing with those angry customers. Uh, dealing with Dealing with customers that are just too drunk to be at the stage. And uh, it's... It's quite different, actually, working Lucky Devil versus working Devil's Point because of the vicinity of the DJ booth to the stage. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, where you're actually located has a big... That's one of the things that I wish uh, wasn't so much the case. I wish the DJ was closer to the stage sometimes so they could see and hear what's going on. I agree. It. It. I feel more detached um, from the stage at, uh, at Lucky Devil club. being further away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. But that's where we get those cool hand signals where we wave to you from far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. That's so cool. You guys have hand signals? Well, I don't know. Sometimes there's just kind of like, I'll make a zero and then point to someone, meaning this person gave me nothing and they're taking up space. They need to move. So, yeah. or I'll point up, which means, can you raise the volume, please? Yep. <laughs> um, I'll do the like finger cutting of the neck, just meaning like this person needs to go, like they're terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then often later, the staff's like, okay, what did they do? <laughs> Catch me up. Um, okay, so what are some of the responsibilities of the, of the job? When you say helping out, like you're playing music, you're organizing the music. Um, when you say watching out for dancers or like helping customers, can you think of anything that comes to mind? Because I worked, uh, my, my regular DJ I, I work with, he's like, sat with a lady and given her like water and watched her eat like toast when she was too drunk. It was one of my customers once, you know, like that's not that's in nice. his job description. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. You know, or some people have to clean up puke. Like, so what are Ugh. some tasks you have performed is what I'm asking. Um, things like you as a DJ, I've got to pay attention to the pay attention to the stage as much as I can, as far as our people tipping, um and that's where yeah that communication comes comes in important and even things like customers will show up and be like hey i've got a i've got a bachelor party what do you what do you guys do here what do you offer yeah exactly and so and then there's even the okay well who's who's really bringing it tonight or did a dancer did a dancer talk to the customer about that? Because if a dancer initiated that, that sale, that when I'm picking dancers, if they had, if the customer hasn't picked the dancers themselves for it, mm. when I'm figuring out who's going to do it, mm -hmm. it's definitely the person that, that started that communication about it, guess mm -hmm. should be involved in it. So you like to reward the hustlers and like everyone hustles for each other kind of. It's like, oh, the dancer was like, go talk to the DJ about a stage dance. And then when the dude, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, we all tried to like make more for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's a, it's a team effort. So yeah, there's, um, from the, from the DJ standpoint, there's, there's selling there and there's even things as, hey, there's no, there's no paper towels, you know, at the, <laughs> yeah. at the stage can can you do something about that? You know, That's another one. There's, there's no, no paper alcohol. Towels. Yeah, there's nothing to spray <laughs> the stage with. It's slippery or it's dirty. Uh, okay. And I do what I can to, like, when I work a shift at Devil's Point, that's another thing, like, that 
I, I just, it pains me so much that I can't do it, uh, at LD, but at, at devil's point, I always, I'm just like, I don't, unless there is an entirely full rack of customers at nine o'clock mm-hmm. uh, when I, before the night shift starts, I go up and just quickly sweep and mop the stage because mm-hmm. I wasn't there during the day. It's not like, you know, I always get worried that a dancer, uh, a mid shift dancer is going to get offended that I'm cleaning up the stage, but it's like, I don't know about the customers. I don't know if somebody spilled a drink on stage. I don't glass mean, broke or right. God knows. So I just want to, it, it makes it, makes the shift start uh with a great relaxed that's like a ritual that's a ritual you're performing that's really cool pretty much at this point it started as a stripper oaky thing and then um i just one day decided you know i'm just gonna do this on every shift instead of just a stripper oaky god bless you um even things like walking outside in our dance shoes and then tracking dirt on the stage it can get gritty on there it's disgusting like if i'm wearing white and i have to worry about dancing on the floor because I'm going to get smear stains on my anything like it just gets filthy up there okay so that's amazing um rituals help keep people sane too so whether or not you knew it that could be a really like you said it's a nice way to start the shift yeah mm-hmm. and it to me I I think that it's I think that the more that the staff can elevate the the dancers to the customers is is better. It breaks that fourth wall. It makes the customers feel like they're a part of it. So when I'm up there doing that quick sweep and mop, people are often making jokes, you know, to me, mm-hmm. oh, take it off, throwing some mm-hmm. dollars up on stage. But it it also makes them realize how it, how important the dancers are to There's this roles here. There's yeah. roles to this. Yeah. And and so that yeah, they the the dancers are worth cleaning the stage before they get up there because it is um because they're the most i think you know the most valuable integral part i mean you can have a strip club without a bartender you know (laughs) you can have a strip club without a dj and and they do and there are and you can't have a strip club without strippers thank you thank you and there are industry djs and i have met a couple who act like the night is for them. And it's like, you are a helpful conduit to, you know, you're a cog in this machine. Yeah. But truly, it's like some kind of status thing for some people. We're working. Elevate the girls. That's that's what people are there to pay to see. Play good music. There you my, go. My, my thought and, you know, idealistic attitude of it always is, is if... If a customer has like has a limited amount of money, uh, like don't put a dollar in my tip jar. Throw it at the dancers because the more you tip the dancers, in theory, is the way it, it comes back around. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the more like even working, I love working my birthday because I know the DJ I work with will be like, "Happy birthday to L!" Now coming up on stage, you know, get a dance or whatever. If I ask him to, and that will contribute to what I earn, and then I get to tip him out more at the end of the night. Um, I I don't mind. This is going to be unwelcome to some, but I'm going to say it. I don't mind tipping out waged employees of a strip club, even though under independent contractor laws, it's illegal. I don't mind doing it because I see a return and it. I feel it builds a relationship between us. But there are environments where it's forced tip out and the staff does jack shit for them or even makes their lives harder. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's a weird, sticky issue, but I think worth mentioning. So you said you had recently stopped playing music of notorious or violent abusers like R. Kelly. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what led to that decision or how it has played out at work? There's always been some stuff that I've just, you know, I'm not, there's music I'm not into. And then there's music that like, I just, I, it, it makes me uncomfortable to play, but at the same time, if a dancer wants to dance to something that's that's the dancer's prerogative so i I don't generally veto stuff but uh it it was it was with the again it was with stripperoki and it was that i just decided i was like you know this i i hate that i hate the thought of people getting paid and you know when stuff's streamed in theory, everybody's getting paid. So I was just like, no, we don't do R. Kelly anymore. There's, and sometimes customers usually 
they're almost always on board, but it's it's not always immediately. And I have to tell people like I I sang uh, remix to ignition all the time. That was a track I sang, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're popular just, songs. I just had to give it up. Like right. it's it to me the idea the the ideal of not even acknowledging the fact that that this song exists anymore is is better for everybody and so usually yeah people are like why they're like really you don't do r kelly and i'm like i'm like no do you what do you say how do you explain it to them sometimes people ask why and Mm -hmm. i'm like because he's a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) uh and but sometimes um most times people most times people kind of get it somebody (laughs) actually asked to sing some michael jackson recently Uh and i was like you know we're kind of phasing that out i don't really want to do that and he was like (laughs) what He was like, wow, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. And he was, he, I, I honestly believe that this guy's karaoke list changed permanently. Yeah. You saw like the look on his face. Yeah. Yeah. People get a tonal voice change and either that or they're really good actors. Uh, And then, so like stuff like, and you know, you die word. I'm not really, uh, I'm not a supporter of them at all. And so I, if a dancer asks for it, yeah, I, that's fine. It, but I might, I might start it and take that, take that song to do to have a smoke break. You know, it's just <laughs> so, You're like, I don't feel good about this. Yeah. So for those Go of ahead, us who uh, who don't know, um, would you mind explaining to us what the working relationship is between a dancer and a DJ? Say you just arrived at a club, maybe it's it's Elle's club. And you're a new worker there and you don't know, like, you know, how that works. How, how do you share with the DJ what you want him to play? Does it change? Does he have a list that he picks from that you already know how to dance to all those songs? Do you plan your nights Ooh. out? I, I think a lot of people would like to know a little bit of the behind the scenes of how you choose those things. Okay. Can I open with this and then I'll defer to you? Yeah, totally. Okay. So I'll say... um I'll tell everyone what I do when a new night shift girl has arrived at the club where I work. And I have to clarify again, if you've been listening to the show, you know, I work in a tiny club. There's six of us. So if you're new to the night shift, like that's worth, you're worth acknowledging. I'll probably see you again. I don't work in a club with 50 or hundred dancers, you know? So, um, I will say, hi, nice to meet you. The DJ tonight is their name is blah. Uh, you can give them a list if you have it on your phone or you can tell them songs or bands that you like. He will generally try to play what's going to make you the most money and to the audience. Um, I said some songs girls already play regularly. So if he doesn't want to play you something, that might be why. Um, Otherwise, ask the bouncer if blah, blah, you know. So like I'm already like, here, go talk to this person. And then maybe you receive the dancer. And what do you say, folks? Uh, I introduce myself and then um, same basically reiterate what you just what you just said as far as i i hey i'm i'm folks i'm here to make this the best that i can for you so if you if you want to just give me a genre and and run with it if you want to give me a couple bands and run with it if you want to give me a list to use or if you want to just specifically pick every set that uh, you know give the dancer the opportunity and um it's it's really really great yeah. yeah, and it's really great when you get to that point where uh you know the first fo- the first couple times when I work with a dancer and um she's very particular about about things and then like, like me. yeah, well <laughs> No, it's but, okay. You but you still it. but you still give me so if you were not standing at the if you were not standing at the booth if you had to if you had to go sell dances and whatnot and didn't get the opportunity to pick your set um it's nice when you hit that point where I'm like, okay, cool. I know she's comfortable with me picking something, uh, mm. pick, picking something for it. Cause it's, I've gotten a sense of, of mm-hmm. how you, how you roll. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too, that I, I, f- I forget about and don't think about is if a dancer's coming out of, if I'm picking a dancer's music and she's coming right out of the private dance room to get up on stage, I'm not going to try, you know, I'm going to try to, modify my music choices so that way she's just not up there like dying because oh my god i love you (laughs) just giving private (laughs) dances i people there's there's so many small easily 
easily done things that people just don't think about that to me are like, this is how you enhance the, enhance the experience. I think I take a lot of customer service aspect in my DJ thing. I, I Yeah, you do. I, I love it. So you're talking about not playing like a super intense, fast song, fast exactly. set. Yeah, thank you. God, yeah. no, that's the best. Plus, when you've done a bunch of dances, you come out of the room, you're like, I have money. I don't care what you guys think. I'm going to take it easy on stage. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes. I have a, I have a question. Have you ever had a, a dancer request to have their own music, like music that they've either created or maybe that they've like independently sourced, uh, be played? And if not, what is the strangest piece of music you've ever heard played at a strip club? Oh, we have one of those in questions later. Uh, difficult to strip to question. Yeah. Uh, I like the first part. Have you had a dancer submit her own creation to dance uh, to before? Not, I guess not spe not specifically. We have I it have... at my club. It was someone who dances there. She's in a metal band. It was good. Oh, nice. It was real good. I was like, who is this? And DJ I work with says, it's so-and-so. I was like, holy shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've definitely, I've had dancers... Uh, like I've had an occasion or two where a dancer has given me a friend's music to mm. to dance to. Is that or, ever terrible? Of course it is. Friend's it, music it can, is terrible sometimes. It, it can be, yeah. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Rax is the first native app designed by and for sex workers. With unique features like a social feed, club reviews, income tracking, and event calendars, use it to grow your business at the touch of a button. For more information on racks and more events, in-depth courses, and free content for adult entertainers, visit www.racks2riches.com. R-A-C-K-S to riches.com. And just for Strange Bedfellows listeners, use discount code SBP at checkout for 10% off any educational products. Portland area service and sex industry workers. Ritual House Wellness is your go-to for energetic self-care and Reiki is a profound tool for many folks. Reiki is a gentle touch therapy that can be utilized for empowerment and personal growth. Try Reiki as an effective energy healing technique for stress reduction and relaxation that supports the body's own natural healing abilities. In these sessions, we focus on healing mind, body, and spirit. Wanna try it? Bree James at Ritual House Wellness is offering 40% off on all services and packages for those in the industry. Visit ritualhousewellness.com or ritualhousewellness on Instagram. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows, your favorite self-help politics and sex podcast. Uh, today we have a guest, DJ Fogues, and he strips occasionally at Elle's Home Club, and uh, yeah. we're going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, you misspoke. I wish you. you oh, he no, he DJs. Oh my God, no, my no. brain. Ugh, this is why I need more coffee. No, he no, does not totally... strip. But I'm probably leaving that in. So. Yeah, you should. You should. I actually <laughs> heard you get kind of funky. Do you dance at stripperoki, folks? Uh, I heard you do. I, I've yeah, I've I gotten on the pole before. Um, That's so cool. Especially because Monday nights, especially all. Oh, couple years ago monday nights were just silly slow. all night long and there was one night where it was slow and somewhere somehow axel was singing into the microphone while i was dancing on stage and then a whole bunch of family came in and <gasps> whose family bar bar family so oh. like oh uh, industry people so yeah. everyone saw it and heard and, it. and awesome. i was yeah it went from me dancing for the dancers to oh me actually doing a set and, <laughs> and <laughs> you get tipped you got I, tipped i i tried to i tried to leave it because I'm not the one working, but it was well, yeah, very if you were insisted. Yeah, it was very insisted that I take it. So yeah. I did. Okay, good. You should. You should. That That's was your cool. audition and you're hired. So 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we're definitely leaving that in. Um, you can contact DJ Fogues, Fogues at gmail.com. Do you have a musical background? Um, no, not, I'm, I'm more uh, performing arts background, I, I guess. I've done, um, before I moved out to Portland, I worked at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Massachusetts in the performing arts department. I was mainly sound and sound and video but oh okay so you have an av background yeah awesome okay see i knew i felt comfortable in the hands of a pro uh so john you asked this question earlier let's do some listener questions yeah what music do you play that would surprise some folks any difficult to strip to classics um i've given a lap dance to tiny dancer by elton john uh let's see let's just try to think of some Oh, songs that I don't like hearing, but a girl I know, she used to dance in Nirvana's Rape Me. Oh. I know, right? It was hard. It was real hard. Oh, that's, a, that's an iffy one to play in a strip club. <laughs> I know. She's a dear friend of mine, too. I kind of want to ask her, like, now that it's been about eight or nine years, I want to revisit that and be like, what do you think about that when you used to do that? Can I ask you? <laughs> anyway, yeah. What I, else? What else we got? Um, I remember there was there was a dancer that used to dance to uh, date rape by Sublime as well. Mm, and I was, like, mm-hmm. I was like, really? I, I mean, I get it, but I I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, and even the moral of that story in the end is the rapist gets raped. So it's still like a very rape perpetuating yeah. song. Yeah. But the Sublime was garbage from where I grew up. So. Fun fact, a guy that I dated who used to abuse me was, quote, really good friends with those guys in the 90s. Yes, he was older, but I believe it. Um, <laughs> eh. uh, sublime is garbage. I'm sorry to ruin that for some people. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, I could oh, go off I gave, on problematic songs, but that's different. What? I gave I gave somebody recently, uh, I Miss You by, no, not I Miss You by Bjork. Uh, it's also Quiet by Bjork. And some dancers, some dancers, are really great at at that song and love stripping to that song Whoa. And so and and she was like oh all right this will be fun you know it was it was slower and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and we were just kind of exploring mm-hmm. uh, it had just come to my attention recently that she, at that time that she was into bjork uh mm-hmm. as far as dancing and so yeah i threw that one in there and it threw her for a loop but it also you know, she's when those things happen um she looks at it as a, as a challenge. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, let me see how, let me explore this this opportunity that I wasn't going to have before. Mm-hmm. So, or wasn't going to take. So, artistic approach. Ha- have you ever played any songs that didn't have any words? And is mm-hmm. that atypical for a strip club? Ratatat. Oh, yeah. I've that's seen that's girls a good Ratatat. That's a good option. Yeah. Um, uh, Rumble Boy by Harsher. Lake Ray is what was that one what was yours uh boy harsher uh the the band boy harsher they uh are in the same vein i guess as ratatat it's it's probably but it's like it's it's like grungier electronic stuff yeah um i said rumble by link ray i've danced to that before i believe that song has no words like it's an old song uh it's also only like two and a half minutes long Cheater, cheater, I'm, short song. Do you ever do that at the end of the night when it's like, okay, I have to put one more person upstage, but bar time closes soon. Two minute songs. <laughs> oh, I absolutely the the songs at the beginning of the night, unless a dancer wants to just jump right into it. A dance songs at the beginning of the night are slower and they last a little longer. As you get to the middle of the night kind of depends on the flow of the night and then at the end of the night it is just yeah as many as many songs as many sets as we can get up there uh, in the last half an hour as possible or hmm. even longer than that maybe oh wow i didn't even think I about it in that way but yeah power it, hour yeah because that's I'm what just, we call it right well 1 30 to 2 30 that's what some I've of us never heard it. it referred to as have that. you not no but Power it makes hour. sense yeah because that's whenever that's when everybody's just last minute uh i'm drunk and i want to dance now oh, i hate it oh my I god it's like you've been everyone, here for five hours you want one now i start warning people and i'm i tell people and i love 
trying to identify with the customer too. I tell people, I say, I've been there before. I've been that guy trying to get a dance at the end of the night and didn't get that dance because there wasn't <laughs> the opportunity. So don't be a cautionary it. tale. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, take that dance while you have the opportunity. Uh, there's so many, there's so many funky songs I can't think of. Uh, I somebody dances, uh, somebody dances to, um, a remix track from Zelda. Uh, from Ocarina of Time. Alrighty. Um, wouldn't have. I guessed. use. Uh, I play a tear for Eddie by Ween for Ween uh, for somebody on a regular basis, and that's another thing too is finding the finding the right the right songs. Everybody can play Baby Bitch because like that. Oh works. my god! I was just gonna say the only song <laughs> I can stand is Baby Bitch. But that's the thing is they're actually there. You know, there's there is the right right moment in time for bananas and blow your your party stay forever those are all great like slower songs and then that's where i really love to kind of shine and and throw my spin on the dj thing is when i can pull tracks that people are like wait am i really hearing that in a strip club that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of if i'm going for anything as far as my musical choices i like to catch the customer off guard. Mm-hmm. That's that's my favorite thing about picking music. Mm-hmm. I like playing uh, Jacob Banks or um, yeah, a lot of us do Glass Animals, but uh, or oh, I even love Glass like, Animals. Yeah, old old Aesop rock. People be like, "Oh my god, really?" You know, like yes, yes, that is what you're hearing. Like, yes, I did pick this, or he did. Yes, you can give me more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Do people ever request songs from the DJ for dancers if they're given permission? Like, can they talk to a dancer and be like, would you dance to this song and then pay uh, them? The, I saw an eye roll. The customer request thing is the worst. Uh, it. So the, the thing is, is sometimes you're lucky and sometimes a customer wants a song that falls right in line with a dancer's music musical taste and she's coming up. But sometimes they you're like, whoa, really? And so I will often tell customers, I'll fit it in where I can. Don't, you know, I, don't tip me for the, yes, tip me for the song. But it. But when she's it dancing, way, please tip her. Yeah, it is way more important for you to tip the dancer if you picked a song than not. No. It, when I, when I do a customer request for somebody and then they don't go to the stage, it makes me fume. I get so upset. And, oh, me too. And so now, <laughs> uh, oftentimes, I tell I tell customers, I just tell them, look, if there's if there's music you want to hear, it is much better for you to communicate that with a dancer. Go find a dancer who wants to dance to your music and tip yeah. the heck out of her, and then she'll tell me get a dancer to come tell me that she mm. wants to dance to that stuff mm-hmm. and i've had customers say can i show you this on my phone and I, usually it's loud and i'm busy so if there's someone who comes in often i'll say send me a link you know i might look at it later i'm i'm not gonna lie like i'm very particular and so i feel like a lot of times i'm like oh your taste is not to mine but once in a while i've been surprised <laughs> uh, and then i've also had that where a uh, wacky ass song got played for me and this was years and years years ago different dj but um I went up to him and I was like, what was that? Like people left my stage. Like I hated that. That was very, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I had to get naked to this atrocity. I don't remember what it was. And the guy's like, oh, well, he gave me 10 bucks. And I was like, well, did he tip me? (laughs) And the DJ was like, oh, she's really pissed. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's a suck. Thank you for trying to avoid that. Um, It's like you just made me lose money because you liked a song. Um. Next question, John, can you read this? This is a composite uh, sure. question of uh, a couple that I've gotten from a few men over the last year, I would say. Sure. So I'll go through the entire question and then we can start in the parts. So it says, what do you think is the role of men in our current political climate? I'm finding that a lot of methods of etiquette that I was raised on, like holding the door open for ladies, is becoming open to debate or discussion. What is a good way to be a man in 2019? How to be an ally. <laughs> Interesting. So I, per- I particularly use this door open uh, example when I was compositing the question because this was a this was an issue that came up and this was a question I posed. There was a guy who was saying that he was upset with being told that uh, chivalry was sexist 
And I said, the reason that people argue chivalry is sexist is because you're implying that the person can't care for themselves. That's what knights were there for is to rescue people. So if yeah. you, you know, I said, if you see a person struggling with a door, do you open it for them? And he says, well, it depends who they are. And I said, well, if it's a man, do you? And he's like, well, no. I was like, why not? He's like, because I'd rather help a lady. I'm like, aha, there. And that's why <laughs> you're not you're not yeah. caring for helping someone. It's in your interest to try to interact yeah. with this woman. That's sexist. So it's either so, help everyone, in my opinion, or don't help anyone. Like, right. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah. the roles changing. That's the same way I feel about it is that it's it's not about it's not about holding the door for a man or a woman. It's, it's nice to hold a door for somebody. So yeah. Don't be a dick. Hold the door. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you think is the role, the role of men in our current political climate? That's a really broad question. I would question um, what are the roles that we have been raised to believe and how, what are the good, how are they harmful or how are they not harmful? I would say the role of men to be a financial provider um, is very stressful because a lot of men find their worth in that way. And when they're unable to provide for their families, it causes a lot of depression. There's studies on this. We don't teach men that it is their role to be like a nurturing comfort. So when we yeah. have these mass shootings and people say that the shooters had needed mental health and they were marked by trauma early in their childhood, uh, we need better mental health services and we just need to allow men to feel feelings. So the roles are changing. I agree. <laughs> uh, what is a good way to be a man in 2019? Ugh, there's so many broad oh, questions God. here. Just try to yeah. be a good person. Take gender yeah. out of it. How about that? That's the shortest answer. How would you be yeah. a good person? Yeah, I really think that that's, that's way more important than being specific about who you're helping. Just, just to help in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What I'm hearing from this question is very much how can I continue to safely uphold the norms that are in place without offending yeah, anyone? And the vibe that I'm getting from that is that they haven't fully understood yet that maybe they don't have to be a good man in 2019 they just have to look around and be a good person and maybe mm -hmm. like elsa said, take gender out of the equation start there <laughs> um mm -hmm. if you're incentivized to do things for people because of their gender then you could acknowledge that that may have come from an upbringing but that you don't have to continue to perpetuate that especially not actively mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh if you want to be an ally like you asked at the end of the question then this was a good start asking women or, or the people around them how you can help them, um, how can ideally I be other women. And uh, how yeah. How can I be better? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. ask. Yeah. Just uh, start reflecting. That's a good yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry we can't give all the answers to that right now, but <laughs> or ever. If we knew those <laughs> answers, then the world would be a different yeah. place. A lot of that is introspective, and a lot of that will have to be done through observation of their own behavior, I think. Mm -hmm. it's hard to let things go for some people uh, it's hard to let habits die and um like listening to r kelly and michael jackson exactly there's yeah. th you mm -hmm. just have you it's sometimes it hurts you, you just have to suck it up and let go of that attachment let go of it yeah mm -hmm. um so we have one more question i got this one on instagram I'm a sex worker of over 10 years, and recently my girlfriend has told me that I'm no longer allowed to do contact work or she's going to leave me. The choice seems obvious that I shouldn't have to decide, but the fact that I'm dating a woman for some reason makes me feel like it's not just a jealousy thing. Can you give me your thoughts on this, please? Uh, okay, so when I got this question... <laughs> I always have this weird reflection because I see my friends go through this and a lot of them are queer and I forget that women can be just as jealous as men and often are. Why wouldn't we be? We're all raised in the same culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen jealous partners? Have you ever dealt with any of that coming through? Um, you mean like... Like, hanging, like boyfriends hanging around or girlfriends hanging around or someone picking up their partner, but not wanting to interact with the staff because they don't quote feel comfortable there. Uh, this is something I think dancers share more with each other, mm -hmm. but it's still I, very prevalent that I'm like, why are you dating this person? I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen it so much as far as the, the, 
the significant other being a, um, a problem or whatnot. Most of them, um, that I've interacted with have been cool enough to actually introduce themselves and, and indicate, Hey, I'm this person that's supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And we allow partners in our clubs where we work. A lot of venues are like no boyfriends, no husbands. Yeah. And I can see how that can be an issue because I have, I have actually seen people get, you know, people get a little testy before I've seen it be, I've seen it be a problem. I've seen incidents happen at the stage. Uh, really? Yeah. Can you, can you give example? Um, there was an incident, uh, where somebody got closer to the dancer at stripper than the dancer was comfortable with at that point. Mm-hmm. And the dancer's uh, boyfriend, unbeknownst to me, that that's who he was <laughs> at the time, but was sitting at the stage and um, ended up creating a big problem as the customer left the stage. Um, there was an alter. There was an altercation uh, <clears throat> just at the stage, and so wow, that was kind of. Um, it's that ownership feeling. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the thing. It's, it's silly and it's stupid. And, um, I feel like that significant others can also, can also enhance the, can enhance the experience, um, at -hmm. the club, but it, it is, it just, it has to, I don't know. It's a, it's a respect thing, I guess, as far as. I feel like it's personally, I think it's reasonable to have a no um, loved ones in the club. Like, and I don't, I don't usually say that like general rules like that are a good idea, but you're right. I have seen it be a problem and it also kind of, so one time I saw, I worked, not saw, I worked with her for several, several months, but I saw a young lady who um, I witnessed her mother sitting in on many of her shifts because her mother was not only driving her, but watching her to make sure she was like working hard enough. So it's like some weird trafficking like situation, you know, by like allowing family or potential control, like intimate people Mm. to the working environment. I think you open up the opportunity for some kind of weird coercion or monitoring. Um, And I just, I feel like that can bring problems to the environment. So um, like I said, like my, my boyfriend, he goes in and out every once in a while he blends in. It's no problem. But if they told me tomorrow, like we're changing it and partners aren't allowed in the club anymore, I would say, okay. I would, I, I I think I agree from my own perspective with, I, I would like to think that I could be just say, okay, but of course, we miss a lot of friends. Well, there's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, the reason I started working at the place was because it was my cheers. You know, so I, I don't want to lose that. And also it, I'm dating a dancer. So like, <laughs> h- how does that work? Right. I can be there when I'm working, but not when I'm not working. And yeah. so I'm glad that, that I'm glad that that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, but also it, again it, it takes a respect like there are there are times where we are not uh, we're not dating you know so that's that's if if it's gonna be if it's gonna affect her business we're not dating like, because there's you mean because, when you're out yeah well, like if I mean, you're at events or something or I, at the club no even just at work like mm. and if we're working or not or you know even as if the two of us are in there as customers or mm. in there after a gotcha. shift and somebody is somebody starts chatting her up if I definitely give her the opportunity to either do it solo or like to to bring me into it because that customer could come back a couple days later Mm -hmm. when she's working and Mm -hmm. I don't want to cost her that money Mm -hmm. absolutely so that's a beautiful thing you can actually really help your partner by encouraging and supporting them in the work because if they make more money then everybody benefits you know, it's like if boyfriend comes in and nobody's at my stage and my songs just started and, I, you know, people have like a herd mentality. Nobody wants to be the first oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So he'll come sit, you know, and then three people will come trickle over and then the stage is full in 30 seconds. I attribute that yeah. to him breaking the seal. So I'm like, guess what, babe? I'm buying your burrito tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's help each other. I'll be a shill at any point in time. Like, <laughs> like you described, what? I love when that happens. Uh, 
when one person sits down, more people sit down and suddenly the stage is full and you're looking for a seat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've been there. Um, yeah. yeah. So to the original question, I think jealousy is present in lots of relationships, uh, regardless of gender. Sorry, we got away from the question there. But um, the contact option, I don't know. I think that if you decided to work in an environment that your your partner says that they're comfortable with, um, don't be surprised if what they're comfortable with changes again and you find these restrictions like tightening. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's common. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, use your own judgment, person. But yeah, women can be just as jealous. Uh, let's take another break. If you listen to this show, you know how absorbent and sensitive vaginas can be. A wellness movement is on the rise. We're eating organic. Our skincare is organic. We're even using organic tampons. But what about our underwear? Non-organic underwear can lead to infections and irritation from absorbing harsh chemicals. That's why Cherie Intimates are made with organic Supima cotton and certified organic dyes. ShopSheree.com offers products ethically made right here in the US, in Brooklyn. With each purchase, Cherie donates feminine hygiene products to women's shelters in the USA. So self-care for you can provide basic care for those in need. Visit ShopSheree, S-H-O-P-C-H-E-R-R-I.com and ShopSheree on Instagram. Customers can use the code BEDFELLOWS to get 20% off at checkout. Hey friends, are you sick of razor burn? Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive, and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington. Worth the drive. Find us on Facebook, Yelp, or netherlandswax.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. John and I are speaking with DJ Fogues. Uh, do you have a website or you're on Instagram? I'm on Fogues. Instagram as at Fogues and on uh, Facebook is Sean Fogarty. So mm-hmm. um, F-O-G-U-E-S is Fogues. Uh, so let's talk about some more club stuff. Um, there is a web page. I'm looking at a list. Do's and don'ts of strip club DJing. This was written by Krista Parker of Survive the Club and also the Dancers Resource app. She developed that Ooh. app for... Uh, oh, yeah. would you like to read a do and I'll read a don't? Ooh, that's a good idea. And and then, so how about we each read one and then folks can give comment on whether or not he agrees or how he feels. Sure. That sounds splendid. Sounds like lots of fun. All right. So do's and don'ts of strip club DJing according to top earning entertainers. So apparently either her or sourced from others. Do be professional. Even if the girls are acting ridiculous as the master of ceremonies, it is your job to set the tone. I do agree with that. I do too. <laughs> I love even if the girls are acting ridiculous because it's like hurting cats sometimes. I mean, we get drunk. Yeah, We, we get drunk. We get forgetful. We get busy. We get hungry. We got to go potty. Right. There's all sorts of people, you know, people get distracted. People... Uh, timing just sometimes doesn't work out or sometimes it takes a little longer to get out of the private dance room. Like, there's all sorts of factors that, uh, mm-hmm. that so, but yeah, the, it's, it is, that's, I look at it as this like a stage manager position and that's, and that's, so that's kind of the thing is, yeah, it is, it's, it's hurting everybody and making sure that everybody knows where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, The first don't says, don't complain to your entertainers about money. No one knows more how much it sucks to work hard for nothing than a dancer. It makes us scorn. You honestly have no clue how much it sucks to get naked and go home with literally nothing and know you only have X amount of years left in the industry. Okay, so this sounds like it happened personally to her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's the same as I feel like the dancers make less money when they complain to customers about making less money. It's the same as there is, there is very little, I don't know. I just, I think that that's accurate that there's the dancers 
have to take their clothes off. So like I get paid. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm getting paid regardless to mm-hmm. to be there, and I don't have to take my clothes off. So it is. The only way I can complain is in solidarity. Like, there's no way I can complain about anything, complain about that stuff otherwise, because there's very little situation where I could have it worse than a dancer mm. at the club. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm going to jump around on these. Do show favoritism. Girls who tip better are treated better. It's how we check and balance in the industry. Let us buy your loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this we kind of talked about this earlier. This list is is kind of incredible. When I was looking at it, the it's there are things that I there's things nervous. I would word differently. Let's say that. Well, <laughs> that's true, <laughs> but there are things there are things that I w- was like, oh wow, it, I feel like you're really supporting me as a DJ by writing this. Oh, and, good, and so. Uh, that's, that's where it was great. It was the, the things of do make, do make dancers compete for, for your time, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I don't necessarily look at it in that sense, but it is, it is nice to know that the whole reciprocation of like where you said earlier, where you understand that there is a, there's a, a take back from from tipping out mm-hmm. people that you don't technically have to tip out so mm-hmm. um and that's the thing is it shows appreciation and uh it really there are there are times where you wonder how much does this dancer appreciate what i'm doing and there are times where you absolutely 100 percent know how much that dancer appreciates it and it makes that's the those are the people that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I want to work with the people that are chill and not up my ass and not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's all sorts of various ways why people can be a problem at work, and mm-hmm. that's why. And we it, won't get through all of this list, yeah. uh, John. Yeah, pick one. Uh, I'm gonna pick one that I found interesting, which is don't use yellow and green lights unless your girls are tip top. Also, don't make it look too dark in the club. <laughs> Even if your floors have never been steamed and your girls look a mess, dark clubs look like, oh man. Yeah, yeah that's why I left the last part out. I was like, Addictions some of the things in this could be worded like a little differently. I was reading one of the don'ts addiction. and it says like, don't bang the strippers. I repeat, do not bang the shit in all caps. And I was like, well, well dating is different than stripper. banging. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Than <laughs> that's true. Uh, um, yeah, no. Some of the some of the wording is could be updated uh, for sure. But the green and yellow lights. Can we talk about that? Um, yeah, that's not something that I generally have. Um, that's not something you have to do anyway. But I totally. Yeah, that's that is absolutely green and green and yellow lights do weird things to this skin tone. And yeah. It, one of the things about working at DP with. Um, working during the daytime now bartending is that that front door I've always seen that the front door is always open and that's working at night that front door is always open but during the day mm-hmm. there's a thing with neighborhood you know, that they can see into the club so if a child is walking past we mm-hmm. want to protect those children from anatomy but to me the the more important aspect of the door being open is the fact that the sunlight coming in the door blasts directly onto the stage and the mirror and, there's a mirror behind it yeah yeah and so you, you just it just lights up the stage and 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 we have razor burn yeah and pimples okay and, and scars lights. and stretch marks that we're not all comfortable with and don't necessarily you know summon desire in some folks so yeah red lights and then on top of that it's already you know it's it's already a mid shift it's a you know so it's already hard enough the yeah it's hard enough for the girls to get people in there and for the vibe to be set yeah so dark club is good dark club is better than bright club that's for sure because yeah like i say we all look better in the red light (laughs) god the red light at a ld is amazing so good even the customers look better (laughs) <laughs> yes, we all look better. Yeah, don't use. I hate working in clubs where they use white or blue light. Like, are you trying to make me look like a wicked witch in some Broadway musical? Like, that's not 
No. <laughs> I have great skin, and you were going to make me look gaunt, you know? Uh, lighting is very important. Let's do one more, and then we have to move on. Um, or let's do two more. One do and one don't. Sure. All right. So do stagger your stages. This is important even if you don't have multiple stages in a club, I will say. But So she says, do stagger your stages. Don't put two girls who look alike after each other. Don't put five older girls or ugly girls on in a row. Stagger for diversity. <laughs> um, as an older girl, I am offended. No, I'm not. I totally agree. I absolutely agree. Like, you have to be realistic. And going on after a dancer or before a dancer that's either 10 years older or younger than me, I appreciate because customers, I get bored as a customer if everybody looks the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boring. Novelty is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and, I have less experience with the as far as really picking and choosing how the lineup runs because part of the way I've had the the luxury of of working as a DJ is that uh, I try to give. I try to give the dancers as much autonomy as, as possible as well when it comes to things. So if, so that way it, if I'm going to hone in on something, it's, it's not, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be the order of how people are, are going up there. I will, I will shuffle things if I have to, but, um, usually everybody's at least close enough that nobody's like i don't want to go after this person or mm-hmm. i can't go after this person or mm-hmm. you know people tell me i i've I had a blonde dancer say mm-hmm. i prefer to go up after a blonde i prefer to be i prefer to be in a block of blondes or really yeah and i'm like okay why? great if that's you wonder why i don't know i guess it just makes her feel like the, the crowd's already warmed up to it interesting but, okay but that's hmm. the thing is so yeah it's it's easier um it's easier for everybody as a general rule until, you know, until you have to start fixing things, but to, to when the dancers are ready, that's, that's when they're going to go up. And if they have a certain preference, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes two dancers may work really well together. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they want to go back to back Mm -hmm. where, so because one might crash the other person's stage or it, that if they're going to, if they're going to work and hustle together off the stage, mm-hmm. they you need, need that big gap of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, or that's important too, to, mm-hmm. to take care of. Totally. So hmm. fun list. And our uh, last don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, don't reprimand girls on the mic. I can't believe this ever happens, but I've seen it. And almost every girl I talk to complains about it. If you need to do it, do it privately embarrassing a dancer in front of her coworkers and customers is such a bad look yeah yeah that that's actually that that was one of my favorites on this list is because i mean that is something that i will that i will never never do um but it it's such a power trip why uh, would you like why would you even do that i don't understand it's it there's no reason to there is no reason for a customer to ever know that there is anything. No strife. Anything between, yeah, any dis- disagreement. All that can happen behind the scenes. It can happen behind the curtain, you know. It, can, can you imagine if you're at the grocery store and it comes over the microphone and it's like, Jared in dairy forgot to put the sour cream away again. Fuck you, Jared. <laughs> right. You know, like where else does that happen? Yeah. Never. That's in, yeah. No one needs to hear that shit. Generally, the only people reprimanded on mic are, are usually customers, right? God willing. That's, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my goal. And even I try not to specifically reprimand customers unless it's absolutely necessary yeah. over the microphone. Like a I run issue in, or... Yeah. yeah, I run into it a lot like with, with Stripperoki because customers are up and down off the stage. And sometimes they just don't pay attention like they should and kind of miss things. And mm-hmm. so... Um, rather than, rather than get upset over the microphone with a customer who walked up on stage before it was their turn to, to walk up on stage, I just, I try to get them off the stage as quickly as possible. And then 
when I do call them back up on stage, I point out to everybody, hey, look, this is how it's done. Check it out. This this person's mm-hmm. doing it this way. Do it the same way. I, I could just completely ignore the fact that they fucked up and mm-hmm. and do the positive reinforcement thing because then, again, everybody's happy. And the happier the customer is, the more money they're willing to pull out of their wallet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love that. That that don't don't reprimand people over the microphone. Don't air out your dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So fifty cent. Here's an here's an article I saw from hotnewhiphop.com. A hungover fifty cent informs strippers that he's expecting his money back. <laughs> Sorry to jump to this, but I just wanted to squeeze it in before we run out of time. Um, this article was just so like, or at least rather the experience they described, so ridiculous. So it's fucking so fucking ridiculous. cringe. Oh yeah. So 50 posted on, was it Instagram or Twitter? I think, uh, I think it was Twitter. He says, I just wanted to notify the dancers that this, that that was not a gift. I'm going to need my motherfucking money back Monday. That was too much money to just be throwing for no reason. And the person who wrote this article says, for the first time in a long time, is 50 Cent at his most relatable? Like, how awful? You're talking about stealing from these workers. Once it goes on the stage, it's the dancers. Right. Yeah. You take that shit back. Yeah, what a is, terrible is he feeling. under the impression that like they dance because they like having money money fluttering down on them that they're not going to get to keep? Like <laughs> it's not like a middle school fucking money machine where you step in and you get to keep like maybe a couple things that are in there. No, if the money lands on the stage, it's the fucking dancers taking it back. Oh, I thought it was Steve. a ball pit. I just want yeah. to dig through. Oh, God. Yeah. Feel my childhood. Well, and I mean, I th- it, it's some of these clubs uh, they sometimes the money just ends up on the floor like like and somebody goes and sweeps it up and distributes it It, yeah i was kind of i took this one a little hard because i was one of my favorite stories about of 50 cent is that he was on a late night show and they he was talking about how when i go home and go to my grandma's i'm still curtis and so it's curtis go shovel and so he went out and he was shoveling the driveway and then ended up going around the neighborhood shoveling with these kids and mm. was telling people no you can't he he would be the one knocking on the door and was like no you can't take a picture uh unless <laughs> you know it's gonna mm-hmm. cost this and mm-hmm. then now i'm like did he even give the money to those kids i don't know <laughs> because he he turned right. this whole thing into a thing with like with little bow wow and entitlement. Every, and it is all over ridiculous, the place. and I think it's bullshit. And I've seen people pull money off the stage. And you, oh, I accidentally threw, a, you know, I accidentally threw a twenty, a fifty, a hundred on stage. I've seen somebody throw like thirteen hundred dollars on stage by accident and have a fit. And it it's it's protocol. How it, do you how do you okay? If someone like and I've handed, I've seen people like put a hundred dollar bill down and then like like tense up and go and take it back and i was like ha, they didn't know what they were doing but this even is different where he's like i know what i gave you is a bunch of it's not like he was throwing the wrong bills he's like no. i just need all those ones back and meanwhile the person who wrote this article is talking about their weekend of debauchery and how many prominent and wealthy names are in attendance it's like you're bragging yeah. about how much money you have but you're stealing it from these working women this is the whole undercurrent of society in many ways you know like what yeah. do you have to show for it there's really a doing. sense of entitlement that you can kind of see throughout the article. And uh, mm-hmm. last year, his net worth was declared at 150 million by Forbes, um, mm-hmm. which it, actually it dropped. Okay, so now it's around 30 million, which is still very <laughs> much in the I can tip range, I would say. <laughs> yes, I would say. Um, even if your mm. like wealth goes down from 150 to 30 million, like you stopped like losing the ability to tip about like 29.99 million dollars ago. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're all good tippers here. Um, let's see. Let's get to one more thing. Uh, since we brought him up so much, the latest news as of this recording on R. Kelly. Uh, he's pleaded not guilty to federal charges. So he has five so far federal charges. Um, and federal is a really big deal. So there's 18 counts in all alleging that he has abused women and girls for two decades from 98 to 2018. This includes one count of racketeering and four counts of violating the Mann Act, which prohibits sexual trafficking across state lines. There are five alleged victims in the New York indictment, including three girls, which I assume they mean under 18. Um, He's a flight risk, so they don't want to permit him bail. Uh, Let's see. So-and-so. 
how do you say that? Tissioni. I don't know. But his uh, defense request for bail was rejected. The statement is that Kelly was facing, quote, incredibly serious charges with a significant incentive to flee. So he's probably going to go to prison. Ooh, he faces up to 80 years. I'm sorry oh, I'm reading this like with such cavalierness. I just was never a- attached to R. Kelly. So this whole time I've only heard of him as a predator and read statements. So to me, it's it's an easy I told you so. <laughs> but I feel for people that are really bummed because they thought they liked him or what they thought was him. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to do a little after show. Let's talk about this uh, New York Times article that came out profiling some of the industry, maybe, or just some fun stuff. Um, John, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, get a hold of folks if you'd like at gmail.com. And uh, Fogues right. is spelled F-O-G-U-E-S. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind-the-scenes photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Strange Bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L. Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L. Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillowtalk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.